Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello. Before we get to the latest episode of Think Inclusive, I want to tell you about another show I think you'll enjoy. My name is Greta Harrison, and I'm the host of Born Fabulous. It's a podcast that celebrates accomplished young adults with disabilities who are breaking stereotypes, increasing awareness, and raising expectations. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, let's get ready for the podcast for inclusionists, Think Inclusive, Brought to you by MCIE. From MCIE. Who is ready for a double episode? Today on the pod, we have two fantastic guests. First is Matt from the With Rolls and No Luck podcast. We discuss what it is like to generate income all while being on Medicaid. Our second guest is Shireen Hayes, the creator of Super Miro and The Code, a resource for educators to utilize in their classroom. My name is Tim Viegas, and you are listening to the Think Inclusive podcast presented by MCIE. This podcast exists to build bridges between families, educators, and disability rights advocates to create a shared understanding of inclusive education and what inclusion looks like in the real world. To find out more about who we are and what we do, check us out at thinkinclusive.us or on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. A couple of quick announcements before we get into our interviews. First, join Dan and Samuel Habib for a virtual screening of their current film project, My Disability Roadmap, on Thursday, May 26th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Following the film, we are holding a Q&A session with Dan and Samuel, facilitated by me. Then, 
MCIE will announce the start of a new audio documentary project, which will feature interviews with changemakers from inclusive schools around the United States and families of children with complex support and communication needs on their journey to inclusion. Register at tiny.one slash mydisabilityroadmap. Second, for everyone in the metro Atlanta area, Think Inclusive will be holding our first ever in-person meetup at Independent Grounds in Kennesaw, Georgia at 11 a.m. Eastern, Wednesday, June 15th. If you are an advocate for authentic inclusive education or want to be, join us to discuss what inclusive schools are doing to support each and every learner and what to do to start an inclusion conversation with your school or district. Our meeting will be informal and you are highly encouraged to purchase drinks and treats from the Independent Grounds Cafe before, during, and after the event. Please feel free to drop by anytime between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. on Wednesday, June 15th. I am so glad you're here. Thanks for listening, subscribing, and rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And now, our interview with Matt from With Rolls and No Luck and Shireen Hayes directly afterward. Today on the podcast, uh, we have Matt. Yo. Who is, insert bio here. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a man of many, of many hats. Um, so... Excellent. Uh, and um, well, let's get right to it, Matt. Why don't you um, why don't you just introduce yourself uh, sure. to our audience of educators? Sure. So um, I'm Matt. Um, my last name will be redacted for for reasons that will be explained a little bit later. Uh, I also go by the internet alias Samurai Fuchs, and um, I am a disability advocate um, in my real life with my full uh legal name uh i am a podcaster um i am a graduate of wake forest university uh oh and i should probably mention i am a man with a disability uh i have cerebral palsy uh to be specific um for those who uh, are curious and i like to think that i'm kind of a poster child for the effectiveness of inclusive education but um, you'd have to ask other people, but confirm that one way or the other. Um, so. We had a, a, a short chat before uh, you coming on, and yep. you told me a little bit about that. So why don't, why don't you tell our audience, how did you get your start with disability rights? So it was basically an organic thing. Um, I've always been a very outspoken individual. Um the initials of both my first and middle name are M. So my parents used to say that the MM stood for motor mouth because I never stopped talking. Uh, and honestly, being a person with a disability, um, you know, anybody with a disability who listens to this will probably understand this. Um, if you have the ability to communicate verbally, and you need assistance from people for things, then you basically 
just verbalize things like literally for survival reasons pretty much as early as you can. And so um, it's a very natural thing to just voice your opinion, voice, you know, what you think is important, voice what you need, etc. And um, it really just started when I was, it started in earnest, probably when I was in like late middle school, maybe um, when uh, a teacher made a um, group for students with disabilities to help educate other students um, in the school about what life with a disability is like and try to, you know, reduce some of the stigma and all that kind of thing. Um, and it was off to the races from there. And I've literally never stopped doing it. I turned 35 a little over a week ago. And so, um, Happy birthday. thank you. Thank you. Um, and so I've been doing this nonstop for over half my life at this point, basically. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers the question thoroughly enough or not, but, um, I'd say no, that's that, pretty. that's great. Uh, so let me ask you a question about, about that experience, that first experience, um, sure. because, you know, some people or some educators want to educate people on disabilities by like simulating them or, you know, show <laughs> or, or like have experiences that, um, um, that show what it's like for people to have a disability. Right. Um, what was it like for you to be able to share, you know, about you? Well, I appreciate you asking that. And honestly, this is something that um, we'll get into a little bit later um, with what I believe we are planning on discussing, but um, I don't have a problem with like simulated experiences like that. I do think that they have some value um, to people for sure. Um, but the things that you're able to simulate are, you know, doors or, you know, a lack of curb cuts or, you know, mostly physical stuff, you know, mostly physical barriers. Occasionally, if somebody is doing the simulated experience of being in a wheelchair, they might understand over the course of that afternoon, the way that people treat you differently, just because, you know, you're in a wheelchair. But to me, and this is with, you know, the benefit of years and years and years of, of experience and of trying to advocate and doing everything that I do. But for me personally, um, I've realized over, you know, this long period of time that the worst parts are the parts that people don't really see, that they don't really talk about, and that people sort of just ignore, or if they're not outright ignoring it, then when people with disabilities do bring them up, they kind of go in one ear and out the other. So it's, I guess what I'm getting at is ableism is a lot more subtle and insidious than I think a lot of people <clears throat> tend to think or realize it is. And so 
those simulated, you know, disability experiences are great and well and good, but, you know, that's coming at a problem um, with a hatchet or a chainsaw where you probably need to use a scalpel. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I forget who I was talking to about these simulated experiences. And it was like, um, in order for, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but in order for like an able body person or just an abled person to experience what it's like to have a disability, the, like the whole society would have to change to be like inaccessible to you yes to really experience that absolutely 100% yep yep um there there are so many things that are so ingrained in our society that are the absolute opposite of accessibility that it is literally impossible and I do mean literally impossible the closest thing that I can think of is, you know, what a lot of people of color go through on a regular basis, or even, you know, people on the LGBT spectrum, like nothing but love and respect for all those people. I feel like we're, you know, all in the struggle together, not to get off the plot too much. But the point is that, you know, that's the level of a lot of the, you know, Mm -hmm. ableism that goes on. And I think a lot of people sort of, soothe themselves and say, you know, well, Willowbrook isn't open anymore and we have the ADA, so go us, you know what I mean? And it's like, (laughs) it's like, okay, like it's better that that stuff is true and that stuff doesn't suck, but there's a lot of stuff that does. So like, can we like, hold off on giving people medals here because um, there's a lot going on that's very, very bad. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, we don't want to lose the plot here. You're right, you're right. Yeah. Um, but uh, so uh, the big reason why uh, we want we wanted you on is to talk about employment right. and like disability benefits. Uh, so this is not a topic that we normally talk about on Think Inclusive just because we're mostly focused on school. But I think that understanding the the process of, you know, people with disabilities graduate from high school yeah, and then they get a job. And sometimes it's really hard to get a job or sometimes you get a job and you don't get paid, yeah. you know, even yeah. minimum wage. So, um, uh, what are some really important things for non-disabled people to understand about employment for people with disabilities? Yeah. So this is why the tangent that I just went on wasn't entirely me losing the plot. Um, I would say <laughs> I would say that the biggest thing that able-bodied people don't realize is a barrier is everything related to employment. You know, I make money as an independent contractor. Um, I graduated from Wake Forest University. Uh, I have a lot of experience in my field. I have worked very, very hard to build the resume, to get where I am, to, you know, try to build myself up such that I could be a 
air quotes, professional who, you know, has the typical life trajectory that a lot of other people have, right? And I will say that when I make money as an independent contractor, I tend to make pretty good money. Here's the problem. Here's the thing that I really want people to understand. If you are a person with a disability who needs Medicaid benefits, and if you're a person in a wheelchair, I would say there's about probably a 98% chance, if not more than that, that having Medicaid benefits would be extremely beneficial to you, if not outright necessary, um, because there are certain things that only Medicaid covers. So personal care is the basic example for me. I need personal care, right? I need people who can lift me, who can, you know, help change clothing, who can help with, you know, certain activities of daily living, right? And private insurance, there is no private insurance in the United States that comes even close to covering any of that stuff because there's not enough profit margin in it. So then you find yourself in a situation where you need the Medicaid benefits because you need the Medicaid benefits in order to be able to fulfill the daily living activities to literally live your life. But if you work too much or make too much money, too much being in air quotes again, then you run the risk of losing your Medicaid benefits. So it's a terrifying minefield of, okay, I'm somebody who is working right now. I offer independent contractor services at such and such a rate. Granted, I, you know, negotiate prices and all that kind of thing, but I've got my baseline, right? And people are generally very willing to, you know, take the baseline rate for the services that I offer without too much of a question. But then I need to navigate the minefield that is, okay, how do I make this money without running afoul of the government and them saying, oh, wait, you're making money, so you're not disabled anymore, so we're taking away your Medicaid benefits. And so that's the part that really, um, to me, is the biggest thing that nobody really talks about. Do you have any thoughts about, like, what... um like Medicare for all would do with that? Like if, not that we're even close to anything yeah, like that, but. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think, um, I think that's the closest thing we would possibly get um, to mm-hmm. a magic bullet um, to this situation. Um, I would see that as something akin to what the ADA was for physical barriers. Um, I think Medicare for all or a similar program um, would be that for the financial and professional, you know, barriers that currently exist for people with disabilities. Um, I would probably uh, weep with joy on the day when I legitimately just did not have to think about this stuff anymore. Like, I feel like, you know, most of my job, and this is, you know, my job job, not fun stuff. 
most of my job is literally like talking in some form or another. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, you know, I'm, it's so hard to explain to people that even though my primary job skill is talking to people and connecting to people and educating people and everything else, I and a lot of those around me, including my loved ones, my parents, my friends, um, other people with disabilities who are handling their own business, we're also, you know, part-time accountants, part-time lawyers, you know, like we have to know so much about so much because if we don't, then unfortunately our society has shown they have no qualms whatsoever with saying, oh, by the way, you don't go here anymore. You go here instead. And that's kind of what our society defaults to. Now, granted, it's getting better because I don't want to be, you know, an unabashed cynic on your podcast. But <laughs> like, you know, that's kind of the default right now. You know, we're and we're making strides, but it is slow, slow going. And um, so something like a Medicare for all or, or something akin to that, um, I would feel at least um, if it worked the way that it should, like I could put away the part-time law school dropout hat. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it takes so much time and energy and emotional investment. And it just is not a good time. Um, I'm sure I don't need to tell anybody, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. And I'm trying to follow the rules. Um, and in case anybody um, who is connected to the government is listening to this and figures out what my full legal name is, let me just state for the record unequivocally, I'm trying to follow the rules here. I want <laughs> to play the game by the, the proper legal channels, okay? Not trying any funny business. It's not my fault it's so complicated that it feels like building a Rube Goldberg machine. I'm just trying to build the Rube Goldberg machine to make sure that my life doesn't get blown up. That's it. If you can make it simpler for me, I would be happy about that. So just putting that out Noted. there. Noted. <laughs> Noted. Uh, well, I want to make sure we get some time to talk about um, with roles and no luck. Sure. Uh, and because you talked about at the beginning that you're yeah. a podcaster. Right. Um, and I know it, that's, it's not directly related to uh, your advocacy, but uh, what started you on the path of becoming a podcaster? So, okay, this is actually, it's more connected to the disability advocacy stuff than you might think. I'll get to that. Um, but it started because I also, um, again, also under the alias that I'm using today, um, I write for a Wake Forest sports blog, um, being um, a Wake Forest graduate. Uh, and I've been doing that for about uh, a little over 10 years now, I want to say. 
And um, basically, the website that I write for is part of a family of blogs, right? And so um, we have a couple of uh, mass mailing uh, things, you know what I mean? And what happened was when um, the pandemic first started, obviously, sports shut down um, for a while. And so uh, Levi, uh, one of my uh, fellow castmates, he is our uh, intrepid uh, dungeon master for season one. We'll, we'll get into what all that means for those who don't know um, in a bit. But Levi sent out an email and he was like, yo, I'm trying to figure out something to do with my time since sports are dead. Who would be down to start a Dungeons and Dragons podcast? And uh, and so why, why don't you explain a little bit in, in case somebody doesn't know sure. about Dungeons & Dragons, sure. how that works. So, right. So what we do is um, what is referred to as an actual play podcast. So Dungeons & Dragons is a, a tabletop game, for those who don't know, um, which, you know, means it's, you know, it's not like a video game. It's, you know, you're, you're um, it's... Uh, there's rules and you you have, you know, dice rolls and it it's theater of the mind for a lot of people. So, you know, some people use like actual like maps with like figurines and stuff like that. For some people, that's the way they like to do it. Um, our cast just likes to do it in what is termed theater of the mind. And basically um, the way that I've, uh, try to describe it to people who've never played it is imagine if you combined um, improvisational theater and uh, fantasy settings with a little bit of like video game-ish stuff in terms of successes and failures and stuff and then add a little bit of just like character based, you know, drama in there. Great. So if you're listening and if that sounds like your cup of tea, um, make sure to check with rolls and no luck on wherever you listen to podcasts. Cause I, I just checked, I think they're on everything, uh, yep. or follow, um, uh at no luck pod on twitter so there you absolutely. go absolutely there you go um oh and real quick let me just say because i told you that it's somehow connected to my disability advocacy mm -hmm. and i want to i want to real quick wrap a bow on it and explain why um so first of all the character of thrug uh is not disabled but i did decide that he was going to have various things about himself um, that were othering in some form or another. Um, and part of that is because I decided I wanted to create a character who normalized certain, you know, things that were a little bit different, right? Whether it's in the fantasy context or not, I just, that's the kind of vibe that I wanted to do with the character. But the other reason why it's relevant to my advocacy is it helps keep me sane and it's an escape 
from the constant hamster wheel of having to do all this stuff and do everything that I had been talking about for the last, you know, 45 minutes or whatever. Um, and so it makes me a better advocate because it re-energizes me um, and it allows me to be somebody else for a while, which is also why I'm on the podcast today with a not super closely guarded alias is because sometimes um, we get a little blue on the podcast, uh, I should add, not necessarily for the kids, um, but, you know, we get a little blue, we get a little crazy, um, we let our hair down a little bit, and for me, that's just such an important thing, because I almost never do that, um, mm -hmm. and so um, that's part of the reason why, um, even though it seems not relevant whatsoever, um, it makes me a better advocate. And of course, I would love it if uh, With Rolls and No Luck became successful enough that it could also um, tap into business ventures somehow. But uh, for the time being, it is nothing more than a labor of love. And I'm okay with that. So <laughs> excellent. Um, well, uh, Matt, it was great having you on the podcast. We appreciate your time. Great to be here. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So today on the Think Inclusive podcast, we have Shireen Hayes, who is the chief encouragement officer of what she has created as the greatest superhero to walk the face of the earth, Super Miro. Shireen is an award-winning author, accomplished keynote speaker, serialpreneur, and world traveler. Her greatest accomplishment is being the mother of her two grown sons, who are the greatest humans she knows. Shireen believes in the power of one and lives the African proverb of each one, teach one. Shireen, welcome to the Think Inclusive podcast. Thank you so much, Tim. I'm so excited to be here. Well, to get us started, uh, would you just introduce yourself to our audience of educators? Absolutely. Well, you pretty much put uh, who I am in a nutshell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um you know, my, my, again, my biggest accomplishment, my biggest title that I uh, wear is that of mother to my two sons who they are the greatest humans that I know and they embody everything it is to be a superhero and the code, which we'll talk about here in just a few minutes. Um, it, these principles, the three of us have lived, you know, our whole entire lives. And I grew up with these, uh, with the elements of the code, which I now refer to as the code uh, as a child, but I didn't even, I didn't even realize it at the time. So now I put a label on it, that of Super Miro. Uh, and it's an easily digestible uh, platform that anybody can wrap their mind around on how to show up as your best self in all that you do and it's relative it's 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 for each person you know every person is different there is no right or wrong answer and uh, yeah i i'm just I, i'm so excited to share this information today so again thank you i, I feel truly blessed sure sure so um 
So tell us about the, you know, your why in creating Supermira. You said that this is something that you and your family have lived. So um, where is this coming from and why did you, you know, formalize it in, in a way that can be digested? I grew up in a home where I constantly heard uh, try, maybe, someday, uh, the whole shoulda, woulda, coulda. And uh, I also, the home that I grew up in, uh, had two of the best mentors I probably could have ever had, my my beloved Nana and uh, my father. They, they created a world for me where, uh, you know, anything was possible. But at the same time, I saw the dreams that they had just completely melt away. You know, they constantly said, Shireen, you can be your best self. Just decide what you want to be in your life and just do it. But yet I saw them settling, settling for less. And uh, I remember at the age, I think I was eight or nine. And and I, I think I probably heard, well, someday for the last time. And I thought, you know, can y'all just make a decision here? Please just make a decision. So I grew up with that mindset and realizing at an early age that now is always the right time. And if there's something you want to do, you just have to do it and you figure out a way. And again, we'll talk about the code in just a second. Um, But along with that, For someone that has struggled with mental health issues my whole entire life, um, the biggest thing right now that's happening is the second largest uh, killer, if you will, of our children is suicide. And at some point, we as a society have to say enough. And that's my intent with this, this whole platform that I've created, because when, when we, first of all, we're really not taught how to love ourselves. We're just expected to, you, you know, lo- love your, love your neighbor, uh, love those around you, be kind, but we're not really shown or taught how to do that. And that's what the code does. And that's what Super Miro is all about. And uh, there, there's a CDC statistic that in 2017, uh, to what was it? Twenty four hundred children committed suicide, and again, it's time to say enough. Um, and I know these. What I speak about uh, and what I've written about, I know it works. I know it works. It's pulled me out of the depths of hell. Let me tell you. In twenty sixteen, that was absolutely the worst year I've I could ever imagine as a human. I had a nervous breakdown just all kinds of things happen. And I remember this one day, I was literally ready to drive off a bridge. And I, I uh, hmm. m- you know, made a call, ended up with my little five-day staycation and uh, came out on the other side. So if I didn't have these principles in my toolbox already, I probably wouldn't be talking to y'all today. So that is my biggest why in creating this whole platform. And along with that, judgment, hatred, and racism, I am on a mission 
for the rest of my life to eradicate those three things. Those three things are learned behaviors. Children are not born judging others, hating others, and being racist. They're just not. And if we can instill these principles, weave these principles in our school system, oh my God, what a better way to, to change our world. And again, you had, had said that, that one of my biggest beliefs is each one teach one. How true is that? Mm-hmm. If, we, if we had a mentor program in the United States, if we, you know, it, uh, it, it's just, it's so, it's so very, very important that we change our dialogue, that we change uh, the thought process and the way to do it is with the chil- with the children because they are our tomorrow. And if we don't, mm-hmm. if we don't start now, who knows what's going to happen. So, but that's my why. Yeah, and so it it sounds like um this is very personal to you. Extremely. Extremely. Yeah. Yeah, with not only with your you know, with your own personal experience with mental health um but just your desire to see uh, specifically children develop these skills. So, w- would you would you put Super Miro in the category of like social emotional learning? Completely. Yeah. Completely, and you know, it's not just geared towards children. Children obviously is the main focus but it applies to all of us. And I think we can all agree that when we buy a computer, it's it's just a clean slate. Those are our children. They're a clean slate. And it's so much easier to add programs to our computer than it is to have a computer that's full of all kinds of viruses and you have to erase it and you have to spend all this time and energy cleaning it up. Well, that's what happens when you end up like me, 50 years old, <laughs> and you have all this inner dialogue that's not necessarily positive, you it's its a real transition. I don't like the word struggle. It's a real transition to change that dialogue, but it can be done. It's a constant daily process. And again, with the code, and I'm just going to speak about that for a second, if I may. The code yeah. includes eight elements. It's thought, imagination, truth, love, intention, belief, acceptance, and repetition. And I think we can agree that everything that has ever been created started with a thought. And when you take imagination and build on that thought, that's when you can create wondrous things. Um, but again, the, the code will create and show children, uh, adults, educators. We, we have it broken mm-hmm. down into, like I said, the, the eight elements. And educators, we have uh, it broken down to like a, a eight-week course, if you will. And when I go into the schools and I speak to the children, uh, we do it for an eight week role. Like the first week we talk about thought, what is it to think? The second week we talk about imagination. What is it to have imagination? And again, I think we can agree that children 
have such a profound sense of imagination, right? They have the, the little cars that always win the race. The baby doll is always the belle of the ball. They put on their, their, their uh, father's suit and travel the world in their mind. Their imagination is just so profound. And then as they progress through their life, I feel like in some ways it's kind of beat out of them. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's so sad. And again, if I can do anything today, I want to leave y'all with the thought of, you can reach out to me. I'm here to share this information. All right. And then on your website, you have a poster of the eight, um, of the, of the code, right? Um, and and so, but you, what you're saying is that um, if educators want to use this in a more structured way, um, then you have you have a curriculum that that you can do. So is that something that's downloadable, or is that something that you coach a teacher to do, or do you do you provide the coaching like virtually? How do, how does that work? Right. We can do, uh, since we kind of right now live in a virtual world, I've been doing Zoom like webinars with classrooms. Uh, we've got it broken down. If they reach out to me, which anybody can reach out to me through either website, the Sea Kindness website or the Super Miro website, I can send them via a PDF file, the information and it's drilled down for like elementary, middle school, and high school ages. Because really the kind of things that we would talk to a high schooler about, we wouldn't necessarily talk to a first grader about. And and mm-hmm. versa, the examples that we give and that kind of thing. Uh, sure. So, yeah. Okay. And then, uh, so can you tell me, um, do you have any examples of how, educators have used the the code uh with their students uh and maybe some i don't know outcomes or examples of of uh, of kids using the code again the thing that i want the educators to know is this is not another another thing if you will that that you have to do because teachers oh my god they are my heroes But right now, they are as stretched as they possibly could be. And I am more than happy to work with them to how they can integrate this in their classroom and not add one more thing to their plate, because that is so not the intent. Um, But, you know, thought, who, it's something to focus on. You know, you can pull it in your history class, or imagination can be pulled into your, your algebra class, so why don't you go through um, how people can get in touch with you the best way, you know, the best way people can get in touch with you um, and then any sort of, you know, plug any sort of um, webinars or courses or anything like, like that you could have for our audience so they know you know, how to get in touch with you. Okay, cool. Thank you. Well, I want to read you something that's in one of my books. And I love this, this uh, poem, if you will. Mm -hmm. Someone will always be prettier. Someone will always be smarter. Someone will always be younger, but they will never 
be you. Freddie Mercury wrote that from Queen. Uh, and that just pretty much sums Super Miro up right there. Uh, and you can reach me at either one of the websites, the seekindness.com uh, or super. And, and it's the, the letter C, sorry. I'm sorry, right? The letter C, uh-huh. Uh, the letter C, kindness, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, .com or super Miro, S-U-P-E-R-M-E-R-O.org. And feel free to reach out to me, uh, and on Super Miro, the website, we've got, I've got my three books that are available for purchase. I've got a whole life guide that I've, series that I've created all based around the code that can be purchased. I can also send it to educators. Uh, so that that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And uh, if I'm not on a plane traveling, excuse me, traveling around or, you know, speaking, I'm at home hanging out. So, uh, yeah. So Shireen Hayes, thank you so much for being on the Think Inclusive podcast and sharing Super Mira with our audience. Tim, thank you so very much. I'm so happy and grateful that I was able to share this information and look forward to what Super Miro is going to create in the world. So get your capes ready. <laughs> that will do it for this episode of the Think Inclusive podcast. Subscribe to the Think Inclusive podcast via Apple Podcasts, the Anchor app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a question or comment? Email us your feedback at podcast at thinkinclusive.us. We love to know that you're listening. Thank you to patrons Veronica E., Sonia A., Pamela P., Mark C., Kathy B., Kathleen T., and Jarrett T. for their continued support of the podcast. When you become a patron, your contribution helps us with the cost of audio production, transcription, and promotion of the Think Inclusive podcast. And you could even get a shout out like the fine people we just mentioned. Go to patreon.com slash thinkinclusivepodcast to become a patron today and get access to all our unedited interviews, including the conversations you heard today. Thank you for helping us equip more people to promote and sustain inclusive education. This podcast is a production of MCIE, where we envision a society where neighborhood schools welcome all learners and create the foundation for inclusive communities. Learn more at MCIE.org. We will be back with another Think Inclusive episode in a couple of weeks and look out for more editions of the weekly-ish and bonus episodes in the meantime. Thanks for your time and attention and for listening. Until next time, remember, inclusion always works. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.